We're going to continue in the book of James, chapter 4. And chapter 4 is one of the hardest scriptures, one of the hardest chapters in the whole Word of God written to the church. So you got to get your seatbelts on today. There's some shaking might go on today. This is some hard words from the Lord. That's my main message everywhere I go is God loves you and He accepts you. He has a plan for your life, but God, guess what? God loves you too much to leave you the way that you are. So James chapter 4, starting in verse 1. What is causing, and this is written to the church, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Imagine that's written to the church. You scheme and kill to get what you don't have. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. What God was saying to the church is, you're no different than that world out there. You're no different than the Hollywood scene, where people knock over anybody in their way. Any of you that you work for a business or a big company, people knocking each other out of the way to come up the ladder. And God's saying there's no place for that in the house of God, number one. Number two, if you're a Christian, a man or a woman of God, there's no difference whether you're here in the church, whether you're in a corporate setting, whether you're a movie star. It doesn't matter where, what setting you're in. But God is calling you to a place of holiness. What does holiness mean? It means that we want to be more like Jesus. Now, you might be sitting here saying, this doesn't apply to me. I never killed anybody. might be one or two here. We don't know. But for the most part, I would imagine most of you have never killed anybody. So you might say, well, that's not for me. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said that if you hate your brother, if there's someone and you hold bitterness and unforgiveness against them, you know what? He said that you're a murderer. You killed that person. See, the people only care about what you did, your actions, your behavior. Jesus goes beyond that and he looks at your heart. The same thing with adultery. You could say, well, I've never been with another man or another woman outside of my wife. And you know what Jesus said? If you lusted after them, then you're an adulterer. God doesn't only want to cleanse us on the outward, not only the things that we do. You know what Jesus told the religious people back in his day? He said, the outside of your cup is clean. The outside. The outer part of your life, you look great. You look like true men and women of God carrying those big Bibles, wearing those long religious robes, praying long prayers. But he said, on the inside, you're like tombs filled with dead men's bones. It's not enough just to say, I never, I've never committed adultery. I've never killed anyone. What God is saying, we have to begin to cleanse our insides. He wants us to get the lust out. Get the hate out. Get the bitterness out. Verse, I'm going to read um, verse 2. The end of verse 2. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. In other words, even in church, even in ministry, I could be doing all the right things. I can be praying. 
I can be standing here preaching. I could be, I could be doing worship. I could be teaching Sunday school. And if my motives are wrong, I'm wasting my time. Whatever I do, if I'm not doing it because I love God, it's a total waste of time, the Word says. We gotta check our motives. We're not, if we're motivated by pride, we could preach the best beautiful sermons. And if the only reason I'm standing here right now is because I want to be the center of attention, I want people to come after and say, wow, that was good. Then it was that I would have been better off if I never got up here. That's what the Word says. I totally wasted my time. My only purpose in serving God is because I love God and I love His people. You can, you can be, you could come up here and sing, and if your motive is I love the attention, then your worship, your worship is in vain. In fact, I, I was going to join the worship team. And you, you know what Bert told me? He told me, when you sing, keep moving. I say, why do I got to keep moving? He says, because people can't hit moving targets. What, what did you mean by that, Bert? <laughs> you see, so many people can minister out of greed. If you don't believe me, put on a lot of Christian TV. It's not about the message. It's not that they love you. But it's all about how I best can get the biggest offering that I can. You know what happens a lot in ministry? People learn to see the people of God as stepping stones. People tell me that. I'll go somewhere to speak in a little church and someone will say, Oh, God, they're just a stepping stone to great things. You know that people are not stepping stones. I don't care if it's in church, if it's in your job. Those are precious people of God. And if, if you're not ministering to people because you love them, because you want to bless them, please don't be in ministry here in this church. We want to be motivated by nothing but a fiery passion to serve God. I'm going to skip down to verse 11. I'm going to be skipping around some and also skipping into different versions just to keep Bert confused because I see him tweeting over there, so I'm going to keep him on his toes. Verse 11. Don't badmouth each other, friends. It's God's Word, His message, His royal rule that takes a beating in that kind of talk. You're supposed to be honoring the message, not writing graffiti all over it. God is in charge of deciding human destiny. Who do you think you are to meddle in the destiny of others? You see, we can have witches coming here, all the people. You might be sitting here right now and you want to chant against us. You can go ahead. We just ask that you keep it low so people can hear the sermon. See, we're not afraid of witchcraft. We don't care about Santeria. We don't care about no voodoo. You know what I'm concerned about? I'm concerned of Christians who, who have power in their words and speak against one another. I'm more concerned about a man or a woman of God who begin to gossip and, and speak lies and begin to speak pain and judgment. You see, that, that, that's, where, that's where I'm careful. I don't care what the enemy comes with their witchcraft junk. They could sacrifice, do all they want. We're not afraid of them. But the Bible says that a Christian has power in his words and his tongue. And God is telling you as a people of God, be careful about those words that you speak. Because when you speak curses over someone, by that I'm not even talking about four-letter words. What I'm saying is you speak against how somebody looks, who they are, against their character. 
You're, you're releasing you're releasing what the Bible calls fire from hell to torment that person. Do you know that those words are more powerful than any curse that a witch can come here and do? I said in the membership class, we'll tolerate almost anything. We'll find out you killed someone and we'll visit you in prison. But we will not tolerate in this church anyone who comes in and begins to use their mouths to tear up the, the work of God and the people of God. If anyone speaks against you, they start to use their tongues and speak that vile stuff of judgment and accusation. Then you come and share it with us. Because that will not be tolerated here. And this is the Word of God. Isn't that what it says? Who do you think you are to meddle in the destiny of others? Who are you to speak judgment over the people of God? That's all I've known through all my years of being a Christian. People sit and judge. Oh, that's a woman of God. You see what she's wearing? Oh, you know, she's been divorced. Oh, she watches 24 on TV. Those are direct quotes of things I've heard through the years, how the people of God will destroy each other with words. And what is Paul the Apostle saying? You've got to stop it. It's got to stop right now. I'm going to go backwards now just to confuse you. I'm going to go back into the book of James, chapter 1, to verse 13. It says, when you are tempted, you shouldn't say, God is tempting me. God can't be tempted by evil, and he doesn't tempt anyone. But your own evil longings tempt you. They lead you and drag you away. What is it saying? Don't blame God. Take responsibility for your own actions, for the things that you're doing. And I'm going to read Mark 7, 21 to 23. And Jesus said it's what come out of a person that pollutes. Obscenities, lusts, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, depravity, deceptive dealings carousing, mean looks. Did you know mean looks was a sin? I don't want to see any next week. Slander, arrogance, foolishness. Listen to this. All these are vomit from the heart. Pastor George didn't want me to title the message vomit from the heart. I don't know why. There is the source of your pollution, the source of, of your sin. The source of your rebellion is not out there. It's not God, but it's in you. But, but you know what people do? They begin to blame other people. I, I, was at, um, I was doing a class Friday night somewhere in the Bronx. And somebody, and this woman actually was sharing about this man that led her into sin. And you know what she said? I'm angry at God. I said, why? Well, he didn't stop me. He allowed the man to come into my path. That's not Christian maturity. What does the Bible say? You have to be on guard. You have to watch. The Bible says, be sober-minded. You know why? Because your adversary, the devil, it says, is out like a roaring lion. See who and who he can destroy. We have to be on guard. We have to be watchful. You don't open your heart to any man or woman that comes in your path. You seek God. There's a word in the Bible called discernment. Discernment means that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check you out. I'm not just going to connect with you. I'm not going to just give my heart to you. I'm not going to just partner with you. You know why? Because there's a lot of counterfeits and imposters out there. 
And all you women know what I'm talking about. Every one of you. At some point of your life. I'm not talking about whoever you're with now, necessarily. And you know what some people say? Don't worry about the, the devil. He's a lion, but he has no teeth. He can't hurt you. I've seen the devil come into households and wipe out the whole family, destroy lives. I've seen people laying in the street dead because they gave a place to the enemy. Here's, a, here's another good excuse I've heard. I'm giving you real excuses I've heard from people. This was from a man. It said, it wasn't my fault. She dressed seductively. It's not my fault that I fell into sin. You should have seen what she was wearing. You know, there's a lie in this society that I hate. And that lie is that, well, you know, men are weak. It's all the women's fault. Men, men you know, they're, the, they're so weak and they can't help themselves. They're just overflowing with lust and passion. That's a lie. The Bible says that the woman is the weaker sex and that the man is the one who has to stand up for righteousness. You, If you're a man, there's nothing weak in you. And if you're feeling a little weak in your weakness, God's strength is made perfect. I don't care what that woman was wearing, and I'm not saying there's no accountability for that woman. But what I'm saying is stop blaming. Boy, Sally said I was going to knock the water down. She even took a pool to see how long it would take. Let's see if I could do it again. You see, if you're here right now and you're a man of God, you are strong. You're powerful, the Bible says. You're not this weak guy that falls for anything that comes along. You have to begin to stand strong. This world is filled with temptations, especially living here in New York City, walking down the street, all the billboards, all the half-dressed people, and all the, thi- all the things that would try to draw you in. But you know that God gave you a miracle. You know what the miracle is called? A neck. You want to see this? What? Say there's something right in front of me. There's somebody, and I feel attracted to them, and I'm married. Watch this. Come on, that's a miracle right there. You're not a slave to your sin. You're not a slave to those passions that drive you. Here's another one I hear all the time. It's not my fault, Pastor. My my husband made me angry, and that's why I did what he did. What I did. I don't care who does what. You are responsible for your own actions. It's just like with Adam and Eve, remember? Adam said, the woman made me do it. And Eve said, no, the snake made me do it. Nobody would take responsibility. And nothing's changed since then. I don't care who makes you angry, who mistreats you, enrages you. You walk away. You've got the power of God in you. That's no excuse to sin in your anger and hurt people. How about this one I've heard? Well, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing that. What we hear on the news every day, that sex thing. And and you know that that's just as, as much adultery as anything else. Because if you're sinning in your mind, in your emotions, if you're fantasizing that that's sin... As Christians, we don't live according to how everybody's doing it. 
I don't care what the world, I don't care what you do. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to stand for God. And I might, and I guarantee I'm not going to do it perfectly. I'm going to fall and mess up. But the Bible says that a righteous man can fall seven times and get up every time. I refuse to make excuses anymore. Here's another one. Well, pastor, if you knew my past, you would understand why I'm acting. You would understand why I'm drugging and drinking and partying all night if you know what I went through. God gives you victory over your past. There's nothing can stop you. Nothing can hold you back. There is no defeat in Jesus. How about this one? After all I've gone through, I deserve a little fun. Well, you know, I've been standing, I've been busy, I've been serving God, going to church. I just need a little fun on the side. Guess what I found through the years? One little hour, ten minutes of that fun can kill you can destroy your family. All it takes is ten minutes and everything you ever worked for is gone. We don't compromise. There's no place for compromise. I'm going to go now to verse 15 in, in James chapter 1. When they are allowed to grow, they give birth to sin. What it's saying is, is that the temptations, when, when they come upon us, when, and we're all going to be tempted in every way. Don't be surprised. It's not a sin if you're watching something on TV and all of a sudden you, it starts to touch you. In, in some way. Or if you all of a sudden you feel that urge to go back and begin to drink or party again. You feel a desire. That's not a sin. The sin is, it says, that it starts to give birth. You sit and think about it. You're, you, might, you might see a, 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 this woman and all you're doing is sitting at your desk and, say, and wondering what would it be like to be with that woman. Sounds innocent enough, but you know what's going to happen? That thing is going to give birth. It's going to grow. And before you know it, you're going to start to act on the things that's been implanted in your mind. You know where the battleground is? It's right here. I want to recommend a book by Joyce Myers called The, Battle, the Battlefield of the Mind. You know why? Because the enemy will speak to you and put thoughts in your head. Remember the story of Adam and Eve? God told Eve and Adam not to eat from the tree. And then that snake came, which was the devil, and he told Eve, Did God really say that? He didn't really mean that. And that's what the devil will do. He'll put thoughts in your head. Did God really say that you can't have a little fun on the side? That you can't go out and get drunk once in a while? See, you've you got to win the battle right here because the devil will put thoughts in your head. And do you know, do you know whose voice he uses? He uses your voice. And you think it's you. And it's actually the enemy putting stuff in your head. Don't let that person get away with it. You go back and you get them. They don't know who they're messing with. And then you start to think about it. You start to imagine the guy blowing up in his car. Come on, we've all done that. And what is God saying? You've got to stop it right there. You've got to take authority over it. It says, take every thought captive. See, God is not out to steal your fun. But he's tired of seeing all the destruction, all the kids that end up in broken homes. 
All the careers destroyed. You know how in the last year, how many ministries I've seen, powerful ministers who have been years in ministry end up down the toilet because of one thing they did on one night? The Bible's saying to be careful, even though I don't know how much fun it is anyway, half this stuff. Is it fun to wake up in the morning laying over the toilet with your head in the toilet? I don't, I don't see what the fun of that was anyway. So. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says that God will always make a way of escape. You know why? Because you've got the Holy Spirit in you. Every one of you, if you've got Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit, and God always makes a way out. He'll always give you the strength to stand firm, to not give in to those temptations, those passions. Sometimes it can be strong, right? Sometimes that urge can be overwhelming, but the Holy Spirit, He's greater than anything that's in you. He's greater than the devil. I'm going to go back to verse 4, James chapter 4. And you know what it says? That God does not want us to flirt with the world, with the things of the world, with the ways of this world, because he's a jealous lover. And do you know that Oprah Winfrey heard that verse and she got so mad she gave up being a Christian? I don't know if you ever heard that story, but she used to go to a Baptist church, and one day they read this verse that God is a jealous God, and she said, I don't want to know that God who's jealous. Oh, jealous, forget that God. And she turned to the New Age and the occult. But do you know what the Bible says? That God is your Father. How many of you fathers would tolerate anyone in this world taking your daughter and drawing her heart away from you? How many of you wouldn't be jealous? The Bible says that that Jesus is your husband. How many husbands here wouldn't bother you if all of a sudden your wife began to be drawn away by all these things, started to go out every night? Well, it's the same thing with God. He's a father and he's jealous over you. When we begin to give our hearts away, when we begin to be drawn away from him, there's a fiery jealousy in him. And he'll do anything to get you back. Verse 7, and I'm going to ask, um, Merck is going to come and help me. It says, so humble yourself Before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know, you don't have to be afraid of the devil. As a matter of fact, this morning I came in, and I was talking to someone in the back, and and he was telling me, me, I'm never afraid of of the devil. I said, why not? Because you know the word of God? He said, no, because I'm married to his sister. I ain't saying who, Pastor George, if you give me a million dollars, I won't reveal who told me that. You see, if we resist the devil, if we resist his lies, he's going to run. And um, Miguel is here, and he's been researching this in, in the Greek, right? He got out his concordances and all the Bible maps. This weekend, he was sitting all spread out. I come and tell him, well, he, he, found, he found some deep theological expressions, right, over this weekend. He's going to, don't take more than an hour, though. <laughs> all right. I'm going to read from Galatians 5, starting with verse 19. It speaks about 
two different kinds of natures that we decide to live out of. Right? Chapter 19 says, The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and lusts. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You can run that track, too. This is my theology right here. You're an armor war. Christians, get ready for war. Spiritual war. God, give us the strength to endure. Armored warriors. Christians, get ready for war. Spiritual war. God, give us the strength to endure. Armor warriors. I'm standing my ground like Shama. No trauma. Headstrong. Strength from God for drama. Spiritual violence. Speaking his word. No silence. Islands and nations. Praying to God for guidance. I'm spitting fire balls at the opposition. Mission to bring submission to demon missions. Cutting incisions with Towards right positions with this word of the Lord. Word is my sword to lose this war. I can't afford a minister when it's my roots deep, ready to fight. No left, no right. I'm sticking to this path of the light, and I find the Lord is divine. The Lord is so kind. The glory's not mine, but there's a battlefield in my mind. So, Holy Spirit, breathe on us, filling your wind, forsaking no sin. Those with a devilish grin, I want to begin a new life and be born again. So, be my strength, my Lord God, and even my friend. I want to Walk with you, talk with you, learn of you. I yearn for you and burn for you. He's transforming you, not to no godless man, but to a spirit-filled man. So you mature and you stand. How about that? You know Christ, he's coming right back. So are you attacked and lack? Are you under attack? Raise your weapons to war. Break strongholds and door. I'm not taking no more. Let's stop living impure. But you might say, Merc, you don't understand. This is how I feel, because in reality, these principalities, uh, let me go again. In reality, these principalities, it gotta be, I'm sick of this spiritual wickedness. Uh, uh-oh, I forgot that one, G. In reality, these principalities and maladies, I'm sick of this spiritual wickedness. Where's the victory, the liberty, the remedy to live a victorious life? This enemy is constantly setting up his line of defense. Stay conscious, I've been on both sides of the fence. See, it's his God's name and God's way to obtain the victory. Ain't nobody else you can blame for pain. When it comes to the Lord, are we waiting on him or hating on him? Because a man who waits strength will come upon and sometimes it's not the devil that's making it hard It's our flesh like Jacob, people wrestle with God We want our way, our will, our destiny We don't pray too busy in carnality We get delivered from the same thing over and over again God delivers us from my enemies, not from my friends He's not willing to take what you're not willing to give Deliverance is for the desperate, in Him we live Spiritual war zone, devil's empire He think it's all stone, so why judge and condone? If you're perfect, throw your first stone I'm not alone, I'm with the Almighty, the Supreme. When I'm in a tight battle, stand tall like Kareem. I'm on the Lord's team, but wasn't always the way it seemed. Used to be destructive and live strife. Plotting schemed, I live wicked. Had a gun gripped it, being sifted, money flipped it. Car whipped it, weed addicted. Almost convicted of a 10 murder without the burner. To my friend's mother says something, I never heard her. God is calling you, she said. Went home, tears I shed. I responded, but if I didn't, I think I'd be dead. So I'm 
thanking the Lord for all that he did. Took me away from a pit, showed me love, directed his kid. And now the joy that I have can't even explain, can't even contain without shame. His name I proclaim, he's from above. And above all, I don't stall when I'm reaching out to all of y'all. That's ignoring his call. Realize the Messiah is no liar. Eternal life desire. Two worlds, one choice. Heaven, hell's fire. Heaven, hell's fire. So I'm a warrior, a Christian, get ready for war, spiritual war, God give us the strength to endure. I'm a warrior, Christians, get ready for war, spiritual war, God gave us the strength to endure, so endure. Amen. I, I know it's good rap when I don't understand a word of it. That means that, that means it must have been hot. Well, I'm going to read um, one more scripture, and then I'm going to ask um, Melissa to get ready. So I'm going to go down now to verse 13. James chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we, we will go to this or that city. We will spend a year there. We will buy and sell and make money. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It is a mist that appears for a little while. Then it disappears. Instead, you should say, if it pleases the Lord, we will live and do this and that. Or in other words, what God is saying, we need to give control of our lives over to him. Let me testify for myself. Every decision in my life that I've made apart from God, I've paid the price. Whether before I was a Christian or after. Some days I'm just walking down the street. And a memory will come into my head. I'll say, why did I make that choice? You see, God wants our choices to be according to His will. Whatever the cost, whatever the price. You know why? Because He could do it a lot better than me. You know what has happened in my life? The same cycles over and over. I say, I'll never connect with this kind of person again. I'll never work for this abusive kind of boss again. And you know what happens? I go to the next job with the same abusive personality of a boss. Why? Because, because I tried to run my own life. And I'm here to tell you it doesn't work. See, that's what pride and arrogance is. It's telling God, you can't tell me what to do. It's my life. You know that song from Frank Sinatra, I Did It My Way? That's the theme song in hell. It's not about doing it your way. Yes, God will take who you are. He'll take your gifts and your personality. And he'll, and he'll anoint it with the Spirit and your life will be beautiful. He'll cause beauty to come out. No matter how you ruin things, no matter what the mess when you allow God to begin to touch and fill you, He'll create something beautiful out of your life. But we've got to give control over to Him. I'm tired of the same, going around the same circles, never learning the lesson. Like the Israelites, they left Egypt, and it took them 40 years to go somewhere that should have took them a week. Around and around. How, does that sound familiar to some of you? The same old patterns. The same old things happening again and again. And it's because of the choices we're making. It says, don't say, I'm going to go here next year. Oh, I'm, I got it all figured out. Because it's all going to collapse on you. I'm old enough to know that. That's one benefit of being older. I didn't say old, I said older. 
Plus, on Tuesdays at the A&P, I get a 5% discount. Yay! Praise God! But we've got to begin to make choices that will glorify God. We've got to bow our knee to Him and say, God, I yield my life to you. Otherwise, it's the same thing over, the same abusive relationship, the same failures over and over. So um, during the talent show, the, the drama team, they did a drama, which some of you saw. But I asked if they could do that again today because it's an exact portrayal of what I'm talking about. So I'm going to invite them to come. That wasn't me that dropped the water this time, so don't tell Sally.
just a disclaimer, there were, there were no women or children hurt in the production of this, of this drama. They want them, I had to say that, right? Uh, Pastor George got the lawyer in there. See, there's a point where we have to say as the people of God, we're not going to give in anymore. See, it tells us in Galatians, there's a war inside of you. The flesh or what's called the sinful nature, that old person you used to be before you were a Christian. I said used to be. That's not you anymore. It tries to come back to life. It tries to revive itself and bring destruction. It wants to ruin you. It wants to ruin your marriage. It wants to bring depression, suicide, hopelessness. It wants to ruin your family. And, it, and it's not out there. It's right here. I don't, I don't care who's telling you what, who's influencing you. It's in here. you got enough right in here to destroy you in an instant. But God is calling for a people who are going to resist the devil, flee from temptation, and become the true people of holiness. People with pure hearts and clean hands. Now, this message was for everyone, but this is what God showed me. God told me to call up the men. Not just any men. But if you're a man right now, and I'm going to ask Pastor Mark if you can help me. And you're saying, God, I'm not weak. I'm powerful in you. I'm going to resist the temptations. I'm going to guard my marriage. I'm going to guard my children. The woman isn't supposed to be the one doing the praying in the house. If you're a man, you're the one. If that's your job, we're not going to leave it to the wives and the women anymore. That, that's not in this Bible. In the Bible, it was always the men who were the soldiers. They said, I'm going to stand for truth. I'll fight. I'll do whatever I have to. But I'm going to protect this, this family that God gave me. Or even if you're single, then stand up for your future. You, you, you can ruin your life. You can leave here and in five minutes ruin your whole life. Just one wrong choice. And I thank God that he's a God of restoration, that he's a God of mercy. But why do we have to go through all that? I, I believe the teenagers, this is what I'm believing for in this church, Pastor Lou, that the young adults and teenagers, they're not going to get up here in 10 years and give a testimony. I fell into sin. I messed up. And now my life is right. I'm believing for young people that God's going to preserve you through your teenage years. And you're going to come out and nothing of drugs or, or sexual sin or homosexuality or the drugs will touch you. We don't have to go through the same old thing that our parents went through. So if you're a man and you're making that declaration... That sexting stuff I see on TV, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to guard my eyes. I'm going to be a man of holiness. If you're making that choice, I'm going to invite you to join me right here. Because I'm choosing right now to make that choice. If that's not you, please don't come up here. You see, this is the army of God. This is God's last day's army. Men of virtue. Men of valor. 
Men who say, devil, you can't have my children, you can't have my family, you can't have my heart. And I'm going to ask Pastor Lou if you could just come and just pray over them and then we're going to worship. Hallelujah, Lord God, I worship you, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for these men that came up, oh, Father God. Lord, these men have decided to be men of honor, Father God, Lord Jesus, Lord, that will stand in the gap, Father God, and pray for their family members, Father God, that will pray for their wives, oh, Father God, that will cover their children in prayer, Father God, Lord, Lord, that they will be the prayer warriors, Father God, that you have called them to be, Father God, not the wife, that it's awesome that the women pray, Father God, but the women have been praying because the men haven't been stepping up to the plate, Father God, so, Father God, I thank you, Father God, starting today, Father God, before they're going to go, before they go to sleep, they're going to pray for their wives. They're going to pray for their children. They're going to cover their children in prayer, Father God. Come against, just pray for, for anything that come against their families, Father God. Raise up these men, Father God. Pure and holy, Father God, Lord. That they may not do these things of the world, Father God, of sexting and, and, and anything else, Father God. Keep them pure, Father God. It's a decision, of course, they have to make as well, Father God. So, Father God, keep these men, Father God. Let the warrior inside of them rise up. Come up, Father God. Because you have not called them to be weak, Father God. And they are not weak, Father God. Greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world, O oh Father God. Greater is you that is in them, O oh Father God. They are not weak because they got your Holy Spirit in you, Father God. In them, O oh Father God. So, Father God, just pray, remind them this week, Father God, that they are warriors, Father God. For you have not given them the spirit of fear, Father God. So I thank you, Father God, for these watchmen. They're going to watch over their families, Father God. They're going to watch over the church, Father God. Make sure nothing strange comes in through the door or through the window. That they may be have their eyes open 24-7. Their eyes open. So, Father God, I thank you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.